0: All right. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Robin Genius podcast and this episode was actually finished on time this week. <laughs> um why because a bunch of really juicy stuff dropped early in the news and it made it very easy to cover. <laughs> okay. And and honestly we're going football heavy this week. Um the Washington football team is no longer the Washington football team. Uh the Super Bowl participants have been decided. And there's a huge, huge, huge lawsuit that will rock the NFL to its core until they write a check. <laughs> um so there's there's a whole lot of that that just came through, and I'm gonna hit all of it. Um I'm gonna warn you ahead of time. I went a little long on all of that stuff. So after a few weeks of shorter episodes this is a bear with me week <laughs> and I'm going to finish up a little bit on the rock and roll hall of fame. I'm going to run through some of the nominees or all of the nominees actually. So that's what's going on. Um, as always, you can catch me on the mindless wrestling podcast talking about pro wrestling. Uh, if you're interested, you can read stuff that I write at Rob's and it's, been mostly wrestling stuff recently, but I'm in the process of writing up something about the Book of Boba Fett. Um, That should be finished. Well, the last episode is next week, so it'll be up next week. So I guess I probably shouldn't be plugging that right now, should I? (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) that'll be up there soon. Um, Other than that, other than that, other than that, um, that's it. So, we're in February. 2022 is going by about as fast as 2021, which kind of sucks. But anyhow, we're here. If you're listening to this, you're still alive, which is good for you. And let's get the ball rolling here. We are going to talk some football. Are you ready for some football? Probably not with me singing like that. (laughs) But anyhow, all right, let's get to it. All right, let's get this thing rolling. Um, Happy Black History Month. (laughs) And I'm laughing because, you know, it's become, you know, common now for various companies and whatnot to just go all out for Black History Month. And then you find out that they're like hiring practices or shit. (laughs) or you find out the way that they've treated black employees over the years are you know shit (laughs) or the way that they've treated black customers over the years is shit (laughs) right Um, and it's just funny to see them break out the black history month messages and like the whole rest of the year they don't have anything to say about us. <laughs> and uh, look, it's it's funny today, right? It's now it's funny now, just and not in not in a humorous kind of way, but just in the funny. Is like I can't believe they're still doing that shit. <laughs> but um, listen, listen. See, a memo, a note, some advice to any. White people who may be listening to this show. <laughs> Listen, all right, if <coughs> if you don't talk about us the other eleven months out of the year, don't try doing it in February. Okay. Come on. Here's what you need to do, right? See there are eleven other months out of the year. Okay. You need to spend some time. During those eleven other months, and learn some stuff about black people, right? Yeah, you know, don't need to go around pontificating or anything. But just you know, learn some stuff, right? And I'm not talking about like you know, watch the NBA, right? <laughs> I mean, but if you're interested, you know, if if you're some type of history buff or whatever, and you're reading about things in history, read some about us. If you're, you know, if you're looking for a TV show to start watching, you know, um, there are a few still out there with, you know, black cast, mostly black cast or black lead characters, right? If there aren't any new ones or current ones, there are definitely older ones you can watch on Hulu or Netflix or whatever. Go watch some of those. And don't watch them in February. Don't wait till February to watch them either. Watch them in August, right? I mean, because I guarantee you, okay, if if you have not been inclined to watch a sitcom with a black cast, the good ones are every bit as funny as the sitcoms with the white folks, okay? (laughs) So, you know, just try one sometimes if if you haven't already. <clears throat> and if the characters say some things, some slang terms or whatever, then you have no idea what the hell they're talking about. I'm sure you can go find it in, like, Urban Dictionary or whatever. It's okay. And what you will find is that, <clears throat> you know, these situations that the characters go through are no different than the situations that, you know, people in Seinfeld go through or Friends or Frasier or Cheers or Whatever. All right. Not that different. Okay. Go do that like during August and September or something, right? Um go watch like I don't know. Um if you like westerns, go watch The Harder They Fall. That just came out a few months ago. Right? It's got a whole bunch of black people in it. And it's it's a good western. Okay. It's not a good Western, you know, because it has black people in it. It's a good Western, period. <clears throat> okay, it's on Netflix. Go check it out. Whatever you don't, don't whatever you do, don't don't, don't watch Posse. Oh, good grief. Okay, I mean, ooh, boy. Thank God that the Harder Day Fall came out last year because, as far as modern day stuff, all you know. All we had was Posse. That was like 20 years ago, and and more. It was over 20 years ago, and it was not good. Just so go watch The Harder They Fall. Um, you know, go watch, find some episodes of Jeffersons, right? And watch them again. Watch them during like July, November. You know, March. Okay, don't wait until February. All right. <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, and if you work someplace that and just doing Black History Month initiatives and you look around and you don't see none of us working there. <sighs> well, if you're in any position of authority at that place, maybe maybe make a suggestion. <laughs> you know, you ought to at least hire a couple of us before next Black History Month. <laughs> Okay. Um, now, but seriously, though, look, look, look. Okay, I know. Look, a whole lot of y'all mean well. Y'all don't mean no harm, right? Um, and, and that's why I'm kind of laughing as I'm talking about it because I know a lot of y'all don't mean no harm, right? And, and <clears throat> now you, you're still going to get jokes. Okay, we're still we're still going to laugh at you. Okay, but <laughs> there's no malice intended. At least not on my part. All right. But um but I mean look look, I'm not saying don't learn about us during Black History Month that's kind of what it's for there for, right so do that, but there are twelve other months out of the year and look most most importantly, okay, our history in this country is American history, all right it's not separate if you're gonna read up on the old West, you know, we were out there too, all right? We got stories too, all right? And our stories are every bit a part of American history is, you know, Billy the Kid and, you know, Wyatt Earp, right? So look up some of us. You know, if you're a horse racing person, okay? There was a time where jockeys were almost all black. Go read up on it. If you're a politics type of person, I mean, there's a long history of black elected officials at all levels of government. Like, don't just read two paragraphs about Barack Obama and call it a day. You know, read about some mayors and some county and state officials and all that. Read about some of those folks and stuff they did. All right? again it's American history. We're not separate from y'all. Okay. I think I've said this before. We're not guests in your house. Okay. We live here. Okay. I don't sleep on the floor in America. Okay. I sleep if America's a house, I don't sleep on the floor. I don't sleep on the couch. I got a room. With a bed. Okay. That's who we are in this country. We live here. Okay. We're not guests. so you know treat us like we live here you know treat us like we have a bedroom in the house and not there was some dude sleeping on the floor all right which means basically you need to learn who the hell we are <laughs> okay and don't just do it during February Yeah, go ahead you know, now look do it during February because it, it it's you know, so much information is much more, ex- made, made much more accessible to you in February. So you should take advantage of it. But there are 11 months out of the year, outside of February, and you should, you know, do something then too. All right? And then that way, next Black History Month, when you, you, you want to do your little Black History initiative, you actually got some weight behind it. Okay, <laughs> and, and you won't have me clowning you on the podcast, okay? Right. Anyhow, that's it. Um, I guess I could do some like fun Black History Month facts about some person who did something or other, but I'm not thinking of any right now. <laughs> and, uh, and look, maybe maybe I'll think of one before the show's over, and I can talk a few minutes about them. But right now, I got nothing. <laughs> anyhow let's move on for a bit shall we alright well so the Super Bowl matchup has been determined the LA Rams are playing the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and I have no dog in the fight but uh, there's one guy I want to talk about and that's Odell Beckham Jr you know, he plays for the Rams he's a wide receiver um, he, well he started out playing for the Giants And then things kind of went south there. Got sent to Cleveland. Things went south there and to the point where people were calling him washed. Right? So then he got sent to the Rams. And it turns out he ain't washed no more. Which really means that his quarterback in Cleveland just wasn't very good. (laughs) Right? Um, But I guess what really jumps out at me about Odell Beckham Jr. is that just... Things that have been said about him. Um, because you know, he's had some kind of temper tantrum type of incidents on sidelines and whatnot. And he's a bit of your kind of stereotypical diva wide receiver, so to speak. And while that definitely warrants criticism, I right? know that. Uh, not saying he should never be criticized or anything like that, but it's one of those deals where, you know, the world of, you know, sports talk radio or whatever with those kind of folks and the people who call in on sports talk radio and, you know, and all that kind of thing where those people often take things entirely too far entirely too far. So. You know, and what happens too often is just with these things is that We go from, well, not we, I don't do this. Go from, you know, the rightful criticism of somebody maybe being a bit of a diva or, you know, acting up on the sideline or whatever, right? And then we go from there, they're calling them a bad teammate, right? And then some people go from there, they're calling them like a thug, right? You know, cause look, we go from, you know, diva to bad teammate to bad guy to criminal, right? Because and, and that's what it is. When you call somebody a thug, that, that you're calling them a criminal. Right? Because, I mean, it's kind of like verbiage. It got thrown around with like Terrell Owens, right? I mean, and the T.O. had never been arrested, never been accused, never been charged or person of interest or anything. Right? And yet, you know, the word thug was starting to get thrown around to describe him by... You know, radio hosts and radio show callers and whatnot. And, you know, this is kind of an escalation that, well, I mean, you know, maybe it happened with a white athlete sometime or another, but it definitely has happened with a lot of black athletes that people can't seem to, you know, settle on the right level or the right intensity or the right whatever kind of criticism of them, right? Like, if a guy throws a tantrum on the sidelines, and say, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. Even though, you know, as a Washington football team fan, you know, I, from way back, you know, I was there for Gary Clark throwing tantrums on the sidelines during games, at Joe Gibbs, and Joe Gibbs is just going over and saying, okay, Gary, we'll get you the ball. Okay, we got you. And it was no big deal. Right? I mean, I grew up with that. right? So, you know, kind of diva wide receivers who think they're always open and you just need to get them the ball and, you know, if you were just getting the ball, everything would be fine. Right? That's not anything new. All right? It's just well, look, I mean, honestly, sports radio, cable, sports talk shows, etc., they need content. And a lot of this stuff is born out of that, right? And, you know, you you make things a bigger deal than they are for the sake of having discussion topics. Of course, the problem is, like, especially like with sports talk radio, that, that, you know, was essentially a work, you know, to borrow your pro wrestling term um what kind of starts out as a work the the host and then the callers they all you know work themselves into a shoot which is another pro wrestling term (laughs) But a a work is like just when you're performing and it's not real it's not true or whatever and a shoot is when it is or when you, you know and um so you're working yourself into a shoot is when maybe you start out just kind of Like you're not serious, but then you get so "quote unquote" worked up about whatever it is you're talking about that you flip the switch and become serious. (laughs) And this, I mean, this has happened with like, yes, this has happened with sports talk radio because the hosts, quite often, you know, it's a work what they're doing. When they get all outraged and red faced and heavy breathing about stuff, it's a it's a work when it starts. But some of these guys, they you know, again, they worked themselves into a shoot, and then they start believing the things that they're saying, and then the callers and the listeners, you know, they believe all of it, and then the next thing you know, you're, they're they they are calling some dude a criminal who's never even like run a traffic light, okay? Because he's a you know, he acted up on the sideline a few times, right? Or, you know, and it's just dumb. Right, it's it's dumb. Again, like I said, I grew up with Gary Clark. All right, Gary Clark preceded T.O. and you know, but again, he would get up in Joe Gibbs' grill and yell at him. I am open. Throw me the ball. Give me the ball. What are you doing? And Joe Gibbs would just say, "Okay, Gary. Okay, we got you. Okay." And of course, now they get. Now they would get Gary the ball, you know, after all of that. But you know, Joe handled it, and Joe didn't. You know, he didn't go to the media afterward, you know, or anything. He was just like, you know, took care of it. You know, Gary's a great player. Gary's competitive. Gary wants the ball. Got him the ball. Be good. And that's all you really need to do. Now, as far as like. You guys, I mean, y'all, some of y'all, and by y'all, you know who I mean if you watch this show, if you listen to this show, <laughs> some of y'all <laughs> need to, you know, learn the proper level of scolding to put on people when it comes to these situations. Some of y'all need to learn the difference between the guy throwing a tantrum on the sideline and the guy being a criminal. Okay? Okay, some of y'all need to do that. I don't. Okay? But some of y'all need to. All right? Because y'all almost, some of y'all almost got Odell Beckham run up out of the NFL. And for what? Because he kicked the football into a... One time he kicked the football into like the kicker's net on the sideline. Because he was complaining. He was mad about the, the way the game was going or something, right? I mean, come on. Come on. Stop it. And of course, you know, now, if he just sat there nonchalantly, y'all would be like, well, he must not care about the game. So, what do you want? Do you want them to care or not? And look, yes, and caring about the game often means you know doing my thing on the field right yes caring about the game caring about winning the game or whatever often means just that because a lot of these guys they believe that hey if you get me the ball and i do my thing we're gonna win right none of them believe that if you get them the ball and they do their thing that it's not going to matter okay they all think it's they all think they could win the game if you would just get them the ball and, yes, there is a degree of selfishness to that because, like, yes, they do want to get the ball and pad their stats and all of that stuff. Yes, they do. They do want to get the ball so they can make a highlight reel play and then say, hey, look at me. Okay, yes. Players do that and not just diva wide receivers. Running backs want to do that. You know, offensive linemen who don't touch the ball, they, they want to, you know, still get a chance to knock some dude down so they can make a highlight reel. Okay. Yes. Why? because we're human, okay? Well, they're human, I'm not one of them. But, you know, my father used to always say people want recognition. We all want recognition. Don't all want it from the same place or from the same people, but we all want it. We all want recognition. And for those, if you play a sport, professional sport, your recognition comes on the highlight reel. Your recognition comes by getting, putting up numbers and being awarded for it okay so yeah these guys passion for the game is often you know married to their desire to show out individually and when they're not getting their shine individually they get upset and then you know they're not getting their shine individually and the team is losing. Then you know it's y'all not getting me the ball, y'all not letting me do my thing. And how's that working for you, right? So it all goes hand in hand. You know, people thought he was washed. It turns out Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, his old quarterback in Cleveland, is just mid. Alright. So anyhow, I got no dog on the Super Bowl thing. Um it'd be nice to see Matthew Matthew Stafford get a ring because he got stuck he was stuck in hell in Detroit over the years. That'd be nice. Um it'd be nice to see Joe Burrow get one with the Bengals because look, you don't know when you're gonna get back. This is the second year they're in the Super Bowl, and it's easy to assume that hey, this is just how it is. But you never know. They may never get back there, so... You know, it'd be cool to see him get one, too. But anyhow, we got time to figure that out. Um, anyway, just... Again... Learn the proper... Level... The proper level of... Scolding or whatever... To, to put on people. Okay? I better you don't do it at all. Right? I mean, come on. Come on. What do you know? Right? I mean, the, the, the people in New York... Got to be looking at themselves like, damn, we ran Odell up out of here. Now he's in the Super Bowl. People in Cleveland got to be looking at themselves like, oh, we we ran Odell up out of here. Now he's in the Super Bowl. And we're stuck with mid-Baker Mayfield. Meanwhile, Odell is in the Super Bowl with the Rams. And he's, you know, looking like I told you so. And if he has a big game in the Super Bowl, he's going to stunt on y'all and make y'all feel even worse. But anyway, enough of that. That's about all I got. You know, I can keep rambling, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> okay, so let's move on. All right, so um, the new name of the Washington football team has been revealed. We're the Commanders. Which is fine. Look, then we're going to be watching the football team forever. And... You know, for a bunch of reasons that I and other people have spelled out here, Redskins was just a, not a thing that w- was going to <laughs> last <laughs> too much longer. All right, so we'll get used to the same commanders. And you know, if you're that, if you're if you're a fan of the Washington Football Team, and you are that broken up over. You know, the name changes. I mean, what are we doing? Look, man, it, okay, and I've told the story before, right? When I was a kid, they were the Redskins. Nobody had a problem with it. Well, I should say, nobody who had a visible platform to talk about it had a problem with it. And as a result, the rest of us most of the rest of us didn't have a problem with it either okay please do not believe people who want to get out of here and tell you uh, you know that's wrong I shouldn't say you shouldn't believe them because yes that there, there are people who were fighting against it for decades all right but outside of you know look it, it Outside of people who can show you receipts that they were actually out there fighting it, or that they that they've always been offended by it, or whatever, then you know what? Most of us weren't, and I'm not saying that to give us to give us a pass. You know what? Just we're all guilty. Okay? most of us who were fans of the team had no problem with the name, okay, and as insensitive as hell, but we didn't have a problem. All right, and look, I've told this before about myself, and if I'm, you know, if I if I contradict some details from a previous version of what I've said about this, um, it's not intentional, but but here goes. <clears throat> All right, look, I mean, like I said again, when I was a kid, the name was what, what it was, and nobody cared, or it was more of an echo chamber, right? because the people who cared didn't have any type of platform to say so and the rest of us quite frankly just did not think anything of it okay we didn't and that's largely because the concerns of Native American people they've never been given the spotlight they should get they it, doesn't happen now but back in the 1980s it was worse you know a lot worse so there was never there was no there was not even the slightest notion you know to the rest of us that there were people out there who were offended by it which and look and it's complete you know kind of lack of common sense on there because <clears throat> again if they had been you know the Washington you know darkies right I mean we would have all been pissed off well not all of us but me and most you know people would have been pissed off alright or if they had been you know well actually you know I'll leave it there because there are a bunch of other racial slurs stereotypes whatever that would have Gotten away with back then, also, but anyway, <coughs> something like red skins, right? I mean, then Washington darkies would not have flown back then, all right. And it was like, with, and if it had like a you know, Sambo looking like a dude on the helmet, I mean, no, that would, <laughs> that would not have flown back then, but somehow nobody stopped to think that red skins might be also offensive and so nobody thought about it it was never brought up Native American people had no platform to get it out there that hey, we don't like this the rest of us didn't care enough to ask alright, I mean that that's that, that's the real, okay <laughs> that, that's what it is um, you know, look, one of my little You've been listening to me from the beginning. One of my little phrases that I say often is, No hands are clean. All right? And that applies here. <clears throat> okay? Because we weren't thinking about it. And we didn't use enough of our brain to stop and think that red skins might be a little bit offensive you know we, we didn't think about it, we didn't consider it And <coughs> stayed, you know, so that's what it was and it stayed that way and you know, it wasn't until fairly recently that like an active movement to change the name got you know, caught in the steam and also, you know what Here's one of the other little things that nobody wants to admit. One of the reasons that, one, a reason that the movement finally caught some fire is because, you know, Daniel Snyder owns the team and he's an absolute embarrassment of an NFL owner. And the team has been stinking for basically almost 30 years. And look, to their credit, the people behind, who have been like really behind this, Not, you know, let Johnny-come-lately folks, but the people who have been, you know, serious behind all of this, they very smartly took advantage of the fact that the team and the organization has been in the mud for years. The, The proud tradition of the Washington Redskins is something that hasn't really been continued For the last thirty years, okay. So you're not really stepping on anything, and not that it should have mattered, but I mean. But put it this way: it's easy to get somebody to change if they're already if they're already looking foolish and stupid and are unsuccessful. So the people in this movement rightfully took advantage of that and very smartly took advantage of that. And that's exactly what you're supposed to do. Because, you know, affecting change, making things change is very much about timing and all of that. (laughs) All right. No matter how righteous your cause is, you, you have to take advantage of time and circumstances and situations. Well, the people who have who have been sincere members of this movement have very smartly done that and they should get credit for it. And people like me who were very late to the game, you know, with the light bulb coming on, shouldn't get much of any credit at all, okay? Just because I'm talking about this here now, please do not give me any credit. For any you know progressive thinking or anything, because I was just dumb as everybody else. All right. Okay. And I went through the same stages of you know letting go that a lot of other longtime fans did. All right. Okay. (laughs) The same stages. You know, the the same... Wait, some people are mad about that? Really? Oh, Redskins. Oh, uh, yeah, I can see where that might not be so good of a thing. Okay? Um... Well... Oh, y'all want to change the name. Okay, well, you know, I guess... Technically they probably should um, I'm not fighting for it but they should sure if they want to I'm on board right I mean I was going through that same thought process that same you know, way of thinking <clears throat> now where I will pat myself on the back is that I did not do the ridiculously stupid thing that Daniel Snyder tried to did, did, which is he found some Native American folks and you know gave them some money to basically come out and say, "No, Redskins isn't bad. We're okay with it." Um, which you know what I, I don't begrudge. I mean, you're always gonna find somebody, okay. <laughs> when 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 you're know, you always gonna find somebody from the group who is willing to come out and say that you know. Pissing in my face is okay, because at least it it cools me off in the summertime. Okay, I mean, right, I mean, you're always going to find somebody who's willing to say that. All right. So it doesn't surprise me that Daniel Snyder was able to find some Native American folks who to come out and say that, oh no, Redskins okay. but it, it doesn't mean it wasn't dumb for him to do it right I mean or ins- insensitive or whatever but he tried he did it nobody bought it <clears throat> so I will give myself credit for not falling for that <laughs> but as far as you know being you know having my eyes open from the very beginning is that how awful <laughs> a name that is no I, I was not there okay I was as blind and stupid about it as pretty much everybody else. And then of course when you know, when people were fans of other teams, you know, some, some cowboy fan tried to come up and say, Y'all need to change that name You know, the the instinctive response was, Shut up, cowboy fan. <laughs> okay was All right. I mean <laughs> So I mean so, look, there's a whole look there's a whole lot of going on that's been going on there and you know not to be proud of it I'm not I'm not proud of my brave stance in you know failing to come around to the the notion that Redskins was offensive right I am not patting myself on my on the back for for, for for my you know for taking so long to figure that shit out right and as somebody who who likes to think of himself as a very smart person it's like double bad for me okay. But, um, Commanders, no problem. I mean, look, n- no name, no new name was going to really hit like that anyway. So, of course, yes, yes, there are some people out there now like Commanders, ugh. but y'all weren't going to like that new name anyway. And again, it also, the fact that the team stinks and it stunk for a while, you know, it, it, it <coughs> <laughs> new name doesn't fix that. So that's a whole other thing but um anyhow like enough of that you know I'll go get my commander's merchandise when it's available and hopefully the team will get better <laughs> and yeah that's about it so yeah not, we're, not, we're not covered in glory on this one um, and the most honest thing to do is to don't pretend that you are all right, let me let me move on because there's more NFL stuff here, particularly one Brian Flores. And oh boy, is this fun! Well, I should guess I should get to this Brian Flores business, huh? <laughs> <coughs> well, all right, so if you're not keeping up, Brian Flores was the coach of the Miami Dolphins, got fired, was interviewing for other jobs. If you're wondering why a guy who just got fired is interviewing for other jobs at at the same position Well, he had a winning record. And, well, I mean, like once you kind of, well, look, head coaches get recycled, all right? And you go in, there are people willing to hire people who just got fired because sometimes the circumstances suggest that they didn't do a bad job. Right, so in Whatever. And so he's interviewing, and he filed a lawsuit against the NFL because he heard through the grapevine that the New York Giants had already chosen who they were going to hire. And they, you know, they'd chosen this person before they even interviewed him. And so the guy they chose, well, Bill Belichick, you know, the coach of the Patriots, texted him saying, Yeah, I think, you know, you're, you're the guy that they're going to go with. <clears throat> and the only problem is Bill thought he was texting Brian Dayball and not Brian Flores. So Brian Flores gets this text from Bill, and he's like, what in the hell? Uh, I haven't even interviewed yet. And then Bill's like, uh-oh, my bad. And and here here we go. So it looks like the Giants already decided they wanted Brian Dayball, and they're inter- they're. Going to interview Brian Flores as a formality, and that formality is to comply with the Rooney Rule. So the Rooney Rule is it's a rule that says you have to interview one person of color, or not one, but you have to before you hire a head coach or a general manager, you have to interview some candidates who are not white. <clears throat> now, if you're wondering, if you haven't now, look, if you haven't been following all of this stuff. And you're wondering, why on earth do you have a rule like that? Well, the reason they have a Rooney rule is because they were not interviewing non-white people. Well, some owners just were flat out not interviewing non people who were not white. Everyone they were interviewing was white. Everyone they were hiring was white for those jobs. And when you consider that you know, something like 70% of the NFL is black and that a pretty high percentage of coaches are former players. And then when you look at how many coaches are black, you know, the, the kind of, I forget which proper, transitive property maybe, I forget. But <coughs> basically there should be a lot more black head coaches than there are based on how many black players there are in the league and the fact that, you know, a high percentage of coaches are former players, okay? And while you don't, look, you shouldn't expect the percentages to line up perfectly across the board, but I think it's fair to say that, you know, half the coaches, if you're going to go by just the, you know, probability and statistics and all that stuff probably half the coaches should be black in fact you know i did talk i actually broke got into the actual numbers last year on a previous episode um i forget which one sorry but go digging through the archives maybe you'll (laughs) that's that's a good that's excuse for me to plug you know going through my archives and listening to older episodes because there was one episode where i did actually really get into the numbers and the probabilities and all of that. So there should be way more black head coaches than there are just off of numbers, and there never are. You know, I don't think we've—they've never been like even ten black head coaches, right? And there should be more than that again, just based off of probability and statistics, and all of that. Um, so if you're wondering, well, well what, what what's going on here? Um, well, it, it's the racism because the. Mostly white owners make a conscious decision that will have to not hire us, and many of them, until the Rooney Rule was put in play, made conscious decisions to not even interview any of us. Okay, yes, you need a rule so that they will just interview us. Okay, that's how bad they were at it. All right, you had have, they had to come up with a rule. And, then, and they came up with the rule to avoid a lawsuit. Alright, um, that's... That, okay. If you're wondering why we need things like affirmative action. If you're wondering why we need anti-discrimination regulations and anti-discrimination laws. If you're wondering why we need those things, it's because... the I'm um, you know I'm trying to find a diplomatic way to say it but I'm not going to be diplomatic okay the white people who are in charge of these things they won't hire us okay unless they're forced to by law by some rule or some lawsuit okay that that's that's, that's what it is unless you get a the occasional white person who actually thinks about this stuff, like in the NFL, that's the Rooney family. Then, well, the Rooney rule is named after the Rooney family, right? And they are, they've been long been known as people who actually think about this stuff and have done, you know, a solid to black players and black people as far as their hiring practices and such. Okay, Al Davis, you know, the late Al Davis was another one, right? Um, but unless you have people who are just, again, individually and specifically out there taking it upon themselves to think about this stuff, there are way too many white people in positions of authority, whether it be in the NFL or in other places, corporate America, et cetera, et cetera, who just don't think to hire us. Either they straight up don't want us there or they just don't think about it. Right and they go with you know they base they hire based on comfort level. And they're comfortable around white folks. And the NFL in particular is set up in such a way that you you can lose every game and still make a profit. So they really so there's not even a financial incentive to drop you know any kind of racial pretense and just hire the best person right they're, you don't even have that. And when I mean financial incentive I mean in terms of you know making more money for winning more games or whatever. Um, so the only financial incentive is lawsuits. And that's just how it is. And that's why you have a Rooney rule, because if you didn't have a Rooney rule, a lot of these owners would not even interview us. All right. Um as it is, they still don't hire us very often. And what a lot of them do is they, you know, they'll fly one of us in to interview with no intention of actually hiring us. Right? And Flores basically got hip to this with the Giants. And now he's still interviewing for other head coaching jobs, but he decided he's going to sue. And he put the whole league on blast. Which, yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, now the question, of course, is, you know, does his suit have merit? You know, like, get anywhere with it, all that kind of thing. Um... Don't know. I mean, he's alleging a lot of things. He's alleging that the Dolphins owner offered him money to lose games. Um, he's alleging that the Dolphins owner tried to get him to tamper and, and bring in Tom Brady. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of things that he's alleging here. Um and some other coaches have jumped up like um Hugh Jackson who was coaching Cleveland for a bit, he um he's suggesting that he was you know either offered or actually given more money, you know, for them to lose. Um there are other you know, black coaches or aspiring coaches who have their own stories of basically being brought in for a sham interview where they had no intention of ever hiring you and they just brought you in to comply with the rule. Um, And you, it puts you in a tough spot because you, know, you don't want to be that guy who's turning down interviews left and right because that'll be used to paint you as being you know, petulant or whatever. Um, and also, you know, you do kind of want to force people's hand. but you don't want to give people the easy way out. Uh, but there are numerous black coaches all over the league who have these stories about being brought in for basically a sham interview. And um, their coaches, their black coaches with stories of being fired with a winning record, like Jim Caldwell. Um, So what's going to happen here with Flores? Don't know. I mean, now, given some of the stuff he's alleging, he's more than likely burned his coaching career to the ground, as far as at the NFL level. Um, Unfortunately, that's what it takes a lot of times. Like, somebody has to be willing to just, you know, throw their own career in trash, and, you know, for the cause. You know, Kirk Flood, of course, did that in baseball. Um, you know, his career was basically over. I mean, he played a few more years after he took on the reserve clause. But, I mean, Flores... Um... We'll see. We'll see how far this gets. Um, Because, look, I mean, at first, now, of course, the NFL came out and said, we deny the allegations, which, of course, is what you do. Um, That's legal stuff. Now, you know, they're going to, if they haven't already, they're going to call them up and, you know, offer them, you know, (laughs) Try to write him a check. <laughs> and then if that doesn't work, then they're going to try to discredit him. And if that doesn't work, they're going to try to write him another check. <laughs> so it's going to go back and forth. They're going to, you know, they're going to they're going to try to write him a check. And They're going to go back and forth between trying to write him a check and trying to discredit him with the hope that if they can discredit him, that the whole thing will just, you know, kind of fade away. So it's going to go back and forth. Um, And then... We'll see. As far as this, you know, changing anything. Oh, um, man. I don't know. Depends on how embarrassed they get. Um. Yeah, just, I don't know. Depends on how close this gets to being to going to trial. Now, where it might succeed in the short term is it might get some brothers hired. <laughs> because, you know, that's one of the things that tends to happen is that, you know, the powers that be will run out there and they'll hire a bunch of us in in the you know in the midst of all of this. and you know some of those people will stick and have good careers and you know and good for them and unfortunately that's usually what happens right you know if it gets real heated they you know the right floor is a check. Some teams will hire some brothers. And some you know a few of those brothers will stick and have careers. And then... You know, and in a few years, we'll be... Well, not even a few years, but before long, we'll be right back in the same place. Um, I just... unfortunate um yeah just is unfortunate and if you're wondering well how how does this change um I mean, at the end of the day, the people in charge have to change it. They have to act different. That's really all there is to it. And until that happens, then we got to have rules. We got to have rules that, that force them to behave better. Because outside of that, they're going to revert the form. And they're going to, you know what, and... The NFL in particular is a sports league where you do not have to win to make a profit. So. It does not hurt them to lose every game. And if it doesn't hurt them to lose, if if it doesn't hurt them, then they're just going to, you know what, they're going to hang around with their homies. Right? I mean, That's just what it is. And that's really all it is. And so you're white and you're listening to this and if it really bothers you then you Gotta look at your own people because ain't really nothing else we can do. I mean, we can, all right. I mean, there are, you know, black men. Yeah they they've done everything you're supposed to do to be qualified to get a job Yeah, when when you, you know, I mean, if you do everything you're supposed to do to become qualified for a job, then now obviously doesn't I mean you automatically get the job you in every job you interview for. Of course not, but you know. And, and all we can do is get, is become qualified, right? Really, all we can do is meet the qualifications. We meet the qualifications, then it is up to the people doing the hiring to decide whether or not they want to hire us. And if they consistently and keep on choosing not to hire us, then you have to look at them. And you need to look at them because you need to because if you look at the people they do hire, a lot of those guys stink. A lot of those guys are not are less qualified, even. And they come in there, and a lot of those guys stink. Like, look, you know what? If, if you don't hire one of us, and you do hire the white guy, and the white guy ends up being good, you know, look, if, if, you, if you turned out a bunch of brothers... And then hire Bill Belichick, then you know what? Hey, <laughs> you made the right choice, okay? I mean, <laughs> okay. I'm not about to go to Bob Krabs. Hey, man, you know, 20 years ago, instead of hiring Belichick, you should have hired one of the brothers. All right, I'm not going to do that, okay? But, you know, the ownership in Detroit. Where they fired Jim Caldwell after winning season, after he'd made the playoffs a couple of times, and they brought in Matt Patricia, and Matt Patricia was terrible. Um, Yeah, I am looking kind of funny at y'all. Um, looking back at the several teams who could have hired Tony Dungy and passed on him, and looking at some of the people that those teams did hire. And how it turned out, yeah, looking at you, kind of funny. Or even, you know, Tampa Bay fired Tony Dungy, hired John Gruden. You know, they won the Super Bowl next year with the same team. John Gruden, you know, rides off of that for years. Yeah, looking at you funny. So um, this is what it is. I mean, the people in charge are making the decisions, not you know, not us. And again, you hire somebody good, that's fine. You know, you know if you, but if you are turning us down. And you keep hiring a bunch of suckers and then you you keep going out like suckers every season and you still won't hire none of us then ain't nothing else we can do yeah you'd want the problem not us and look you know i can i'm kind of on a loop here now basically i can just keep repeating this and keep repeating this and keep repeating this and go on forever so I'm not. But that's the reality. Um, you know, We're, we're always going to end up back in this place because it doesn't change. And it doesn't change because the people making decisions don't change. And all there is to it. So if you're wondering, well, how can this get better? It won't. It'll build up. It'll build, and build, and build, and then, you know, um, yeah, build, and build, and build. And, you know, eventually builds up to the point where somebody, yeah, takes them to court, and they take them to court, and... You know they squeeze something out of them, and then things settle back down, and then eventually the the practices continue, until they go back to court. That's it. that's where we are. That's how it goes. If you want it to be different, then you know you gotta call you, and by you I mean white people. You have to, you know, put it. It's up to y'all. Y'all gotta do something, man. No, all we can do is qualify, <laughs> and that's it. So, yeah. Um, and so before we get out of here, I'm gonna talk some Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because it's that time of year again, where the you know the nominees are announced, and. You know, we, we get to be shocked and appalled that some people aren't in there already. So let's do that and then we'll get out of here. All right. Um, this is like a last minute kind of drop in here for this. Yeah, the show was late this week. And I said during the intro that it was on time because I did like record like 90% of it on time. And then um, I started doing my overthinking. Thing where I, you know, think I need to change this or take out that or whatever, and then I just kind of sat on it for a while. But I have made the executive decision to go full speed ahead with what I have recorded the first time. But, um, I'm throwing this in here, I'm going to get to this more next week. But, um, uh, Joe Rogan. Um, so it's Saturday morning because I dropped this in here, but there's been a big thing with him and Spotify and some musicians, most notably Neil Young, have you know, taken their music off of Spotify because they're not down with like Joe Rogan's misinformation, basically and so now it turns out that I just saw on Twitter that Spotify very quietly removed about 70 I think it says episodes of the Joe Rogan experience um my guess is that is it is for misinformation (laughs) and when I was starting to publish this episode there was now there's like a thing you have to agree to basically and uh terms or whatever and in that terms is saying that you can't put things up there like harmful or misinformation. So new day. And I'm going yeah, I'm gonna talk at length about that next week. Um but just thought it was worth mentioning just to throw it in there for a few minutes here because, you know, um, people, you know, yell about free speech, free speech is not without consequences. And also, you know, platforming misinformation. <sighs> um, yeah, that needs to get talk talked about. So we'll do that next week. But I just want to give you a little teaser there. Now, that means I'm going to record this, <laughs> the part talking about it. <laughs> Well, I'm still thinking about it, but it's just, it's going to be in next week's episode. So anyway, that's enough of that. And I got some, so I got some Rock and Roll Hall of Fame stuff to kick around. Then we're out of here. All right, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And here are the nominees for this year. I'm pausing because some of these names are just, why, why are they not in here? Dolly Parton. Why is she not in there? MC5. Don't know who they are. Carly Simon. Why is she not in there already? Beck. Probably should be in there already. Eminem. I think he's, this might be his first year on the ballot, but I mean, yeah, he should go in there. Kate Bush. I'm not sure I've heard of her. I don't really know enough about her career or whatever to say. Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, they should get in there. Devo. Eh. Like, they had the one cool video, and they had the one cool song. Um, I don't know that there were anything beyond that one song, which is Whip It. Um, apparently, it must be if they got nominated, but I, I do not know. Um, so, I, personally, I wouldn't put them in. Um, Lionel Richie another one, why, why is he not in there between you know the Commodores and his solo career, he should be in there Duran Duran um, that's a group from my childhood, they were really hot for a, a bit but they've been kind of coasting off of, not coasting, they've been living off of 80's nostalgia for some time um, I wouldn't rush to put them in but if they do get in, you know no outrage uh, Eurythmics, same thing Tribe Call Quest. Now, as far as the rap inductees, there still haven't been that many. Um, So Jay got in last year. I think NWA is in. Run DMC, Public Enemy, a few others. Um, I mean, if, if you're going to look at Tribe's run as a group, um, you know, were about four or five albums. You know, they were moderately successful. Um, they were definitely a bigger deal amongst the, you know... They were a big deal in rap music when rap music was not as big, you know, of a crossover thing. Um, so that's going to leave a lot of people saying, why don't I put them in there? But... I would say that their significance within the genre warrants them being in there. So, hell yeah, I'd vote for them. Dionne Warwick, why is she not in there? Pat Benatar, why is she not in there already? Judas Priest, why are they not in there already? Fela Kuti, and I probably pronounced that wrong. I'm sorry. Um, big deal within his genre. Um, I do not know enough about his music to comment one way or the other. I really don't. Um, but I know he was a big deal within his genre. Um, so again, no outrage if he gets in there. And the New York Dolls have no idea who they are. So it's it's a lot of worthy groups. Um, Now, you can vote for five yourself on their little website here. And you can vote once a day. And I'm currently picking my ballot. Um, I'm not going to vote for the same people every day because there are a lot of people who... There are more than five people who deserve to be in there. So I'm going to spread it around. But... I mean... And I guess like you can't put twenty people in every year. Oh, I guess you shouldn't, right? But I mean, some of these folks like like why are they why are they waiting that long? Right. Like Dionne Warwick, I mean, really? Dolly Parton, and before he said was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay, it's really the it's it's the Popular Music Hall of Fame. All right. It, you know, it's, it's named the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because, you know, the, the generation that created it are kind of boomers or whatever. And popular, the most popular music of their childhood was, you know, rock and roll music. But over time, that's come to embody just popular music because, you know, the, the music that kind of shapes American culture when, when, well, is, should be recognized, right? And for these folks that came up with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, again, in their childhood, adolescence or whatever, the music that shaped American culture was rock and roll music. But but that wasn't like, you know, Motley Crue or whatever. It was, you know, Elvis and it was Chuck Berry Little Richard, right, you know, and, and eventually Motown and then the Stones and the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix, you know, so, and that was all kind of all thrown under like rock and roll, right? So, you know, it just is what it is. And, but over time, the music, the forms of music that have embodied that spirit over time have been different, right? Um, you know, for a good while, the rebellious spirit in music was embodied in rap music. So it's fitting to induct some rappers into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, you know, and so forth and so on. And to be honest, I mean, I don't think there's enough, you know, interest to sustain large scale halls of fame for every different genre of music right I mean so lumping them all in one place is fine even though it creates a bit of a logjam and then you end up with things like Dolly Parton not in the hall of fame which is ridiculous but anyway so go to com, go vote vote every day vote often because you know they deserved recognition. And that's about all we're going to do for this week. So, okay, because I have been talking and talking and talking. So that's it for this week. Um, I would like to just special shout out birthday weekend to both of my parents. Of course, look, you know, dad passed away last year, but his birthday is February 5th. Mom is birthday also this weekend. Um February fourth and you know she doesn't like me saying a bunch of stuff on the internet, but whatever <laughs> um but anyway, um as we continue on into twenty twenty two um continue to take care of yourselves, continue to take care of each other, and God bless you guys I will talk to you next week.